search the internet for things like finding purpose and what is the meaning of life, and you'll find no shortage of blog posts, books, research papers, and inspirational quotes claiming to have the answer. The problem with many of these search results is that they're short-sighted, focused on things like your personality type and aptitude quizzes, and really, it pretty much all leads to the kind of jobs you would be a good fit for. And do those things matter? Of course, but it is so much bigger than that, which is exactly why there are endless resources on the matter. These things are tiny pieces of a much larger puzzle, and if we chase after the tiny pieces, not only will we be left feeling unfulfilled, but we will also be left wondering what else was there? What have I missed? What if I told you that finding your purpose is much simpler than taking a personality quiz and finding the job that would be perfect for you? Would it take the pressure off? Would it help you get unstuck? Would it help you feel more confident in your path forward? You know, we serve a God of order and simplicity. I know some of you probably rolled your eyes or snorted just now because looking at the Bible and the story of mankind, it's anything but simple. But that's just the thing. When we dive deep into the story of mankind and our God who loves us more than anything, it all becomes really simple. We don't have time to pick apart the overarching story of salvation in this single episode, but in short, everything written in scripture from Genesis to Revelation is God's efforts to remain in covenant with us. The old law was complex and we couldn't hold up our end of the bargain. So what does he do? He brings in Jesus to save us and establishes the new law, one under grace and mercy. It's a story of love brought about by sacrifice and it's there, right in the middle that we find not only our identity, but our God-given purpose. God has a lot to say about our time here on earth, but it all comes down to one singular truth. Let's dive in. Welcome to Loved and Made Worthy. My name is Erica, and this is a podcast about embracing our God-given purpose and letting go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overachieving. If you want a deeper relationship with Jesus and are ready to ditch the labels that God never gave you, this is for you. Listen in as we journey with God to find out who He is, what that means for our life, and ultimately, who He created us to be. Do you remember those books, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Sometimes I feel like that's me. Hey, God! You there? It's me, Erica, having a little trouble down here making some decisions. It would be super cool if you came down and told me what to do. I know I'm not the only person who wishes God would just pop into my kitchen to have a chat or at the very least speak to me through the void, just a booming voice telling me which way to go. But it doesn't work that way no matter how much we wish and pray that it would. So what are we to do? Fortunately, God has already given us all the answers we need. Let's go back to the very beginning and visit God's instructions for Adam and Eve in Genesis 1. Verse 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. These are the very first instructions God gives mankind after he creates them. According to Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, the phrase be fruitful is defined as to bear fruit literally or figuratively. The Bible is littered with language about soil and bearing fruit, so not only is God referring to the literal act of being fruitful and bearing children, 
But because it's in line with his character and established pattern throughout the rest of scripture, we can assume he's also referring to the act of figuratively bearing spiritual fruit in our life and in the lives of others. Years later, God gives the Israelites in exile some similar instructions. In Jeremiah 29, 5-7, it says, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city which I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. One of the things that I love about these instructions in Jeremiah is that the people God is speaking to know that Babylon is not their home. They know it's just a stop on their journey, and of course, so does God, but he doesn't encourage them to live like it's temporary. When we live like where we are is temporary, we can be a little more closed off to cultivating community, putting down roots, and more likely to be distracted and looking to the future for a way out. When that's our focus, It's hard to see all the ways God blesses us in the present, and it's easy to miss the opportunities he puts before us to share the good news of the gospel like Jesus commands when he issues the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19-20. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the days that he won't be there. He's telling them, I'm going to leave, but you still have work to do. And then he tells them to go into all nations and make disciples. I don't know about you, but that sounds like bearing fruit to me. And this commission was nothing new. This is what Jesus was already doing and teaching those around him. In Luke 4.43, Jesus says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, because that is why I was sent. He adds to that in John 12.27 when he says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. He makes this statement in anticipation of the cross, knowing full well the implications that his death will have. There was purpose in both his life and his death, but they were essentially one and the same. Grow the kingdom of God. You're probably wondering how this relates to you and your purpose here on earth today. Hang with me, we're going to circle back. If we met in person today, you and I, and we were just getting to know each other, it's very likely that we would shake hands, say our names, and then someone would take the initiative to say, so tell me about yourself, what do you do? And y'all, leading with this question has created generations of people who identify with their job title more strongly than anything else. It allows this sense of purpose and identity to grow where God created space for him and his work. One of the most challenging things I've ever done was change career paths. It truly created a full-blown identity crisis, but it also allowed me to recognize the epidemic we've created by putting so much meaning into our jobs. Jesus was clear on his purpose because he was rock solid in his identity. When God said, this is my son whom I love, in him I am well pleased, Jesus believed him. God loved him and was pleased with him and it had nothing to do with his carpentry skills. Now, don't get me wrong, those skills were a gift, but they weren't his purpose. The gift is simply an avenue for purpose. So what is your purpose? Well, if Jesus is any example, and of course he is the ultimate example, uh, we have to understand who we are first. In Ephesians 1, 3-5, we're called blessed, chosen, holy, blameless, and sons. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are created in Christ for good works that God has prepared for us. Micah 6.8 says the Lord requires us to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. 
We're commanded to preach the word in Timothy 4.2, but it's Ecclesiastes 12.13 that sums it all up and wraps it in a nice, neat bow. The second part of this verse says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And that's it. It's that simple and that difficult. I can think of no better illustration than when you're faced with choices, stuck in a decision because you want to make the right choice. Or maybe the more motivating factor is not making the wrong choice. You're praying to God to close the doors that aren't from him, but nothing's changing. All the doors are staying open and you're paralyzed in fear. Your anxiety is rising and the deadline is looming. All you want to do is what God wants you to do. But God already told us what he wants us to do. He wants us to fear him and keep his commandments and in doing so grow the kingdom. I understand that practically there are a lot of factors that go into making decisions, but when we're presented with multiple opportunities and we're feeling more anxiety than anything, that's a huge red flag that the enemy is working. So when you're feeling this way, there are two questions to ask yourself. One, am I drawing near to God? And two, what kind of fruit will it bear in my life and in the lives of those around me? Because here's the truth. God is more powerful than your decisions. If you are drawing near to him, opportunities have been presented and you need to make a choice, analyze the spiritual fruit the outcome of that choice will produce. Does it line up with the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22? Analyze that fruit and then choose, fully trusting that if it isn't the decision God wanted you to make, he has the power to gently correct your course. Your choices will not mess up his plan for your life. Romans 9.17 says, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God has his own purpose and plan. And because we are his children, we get to partner with him in his efforts to bring everyone to salvation. We get to plant seeds knowing that God works all things for good. That's not to say that there won't be difficult days ahead. God promises those to us. But it does mean that we can look toward the future with hope, knowing that the unknown is safe because God is already there. He will walk with us through the challenging days and we can walk through them knowing we're being prepared for an eternal future that we can't even begin to imagine. Your purpose is steeped in identity and your identity is steeped in purpose. You are a child of God, chosen and dearly loved, and you are here to spread the news of Jesus Christ. Everything else is icing on the cake. Your job is not your purpose. The hats you wear are not your purpose. Your creative gifts are not your purpose. They are simply avenues to till soil and plant seeds to grow the kingdom of God. I hope today's episode blessed your spiritual walk and brought you just a little bit closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. I love to hear how God is using this in your life. And if you'd like to connect, be sure to join the Loved and Made Worthy Facebook group. I would love to see you there. Now, as we go our separate ways, I just want to remind you of three things. You are seen, you are loved, and you are made worthy in Jesus. I'll see you next time.